0: Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is
1: Sheila. This is Monica. This is
0: Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is uh, Sunday, December 7th. I am Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. joined on the line with two of my sisters, Sheila Dolan in South Pasadena, California. Ho, ho, ho. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. I like this combination of sisters. Yeah, yeah, the, the top three, right? Are well, we? Th- that's right. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm in the top three, but yes. <laughs> Ron... We we feel the same way, Sheila. We're
2: <laughs> always we surprised she's in the top three. How is that possible? <laughs> uh,
0: we're talking in age-wise, people, just so that we don't get angry email about that. We're just like the chronological top three is what we are. Julie Dolan, Dallas, Texas.
2: How's everything down there? It's good, Liz. I'm still nursing this extended case of allergies slash cold. So if you hear a little something in my voice... But other than that, it's uh, good times here in Texas.
0: Well, I I got a little something in my voice, too, because I had a flash flu this week. And this very rarely happens to me. I On, let's see, Tuesday at work, by lunchtime, I could barely talk. I just sounded awful, and I was starting to feel awful. So I went home. By 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I was down for the count on my living room couch. Like, there was no getting up again. I even looked at Ferris at about 6 o'clock and, like, I know I'm supposed to take you for a walk but could you go walk yourself or something? (laughs) And then I thought I would rally and go to work the next day. It just was much worse. The next day I was so tired by the end of the week, like Thursday night, which night was it that Peter Pan live was on? I I could not even stay up to watch Peter, Peter Pan live. That's how sad it was on my end. Um, it but, sounds like you didn't miss much, Liz. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, okay. I watched it on Tivo Friday night. So, like, come on. It's Peter Pan. It's always going to be kind of cute and sweet. And it was sadder than I remembered. I thought it was good for them for trying something new. Yes. It, it just, like, it, there's so much of the same on television. If somebody wants to do something totally different every once in a while, I'm all for that. Uh, Oh, by the way, our sisters Monica and Leanne, Monica was going to be with us this morning, but she was on call, and I got an email from her about 30 minutes ago that she had to go into work. Uh, As you know, Monica is in medical research in the stroke field, so when a patient is having a stroke, they need to respond immediately, so that's why she sometimes misses shows that she is otherwise penciled in for, and Leanne is at a robotics competition. ...with her younger son, Colin. Uh, Their robotics team is called the Brobots... And uh, they're actually not far from me. So the moment we finish recording here today, I'm going to run over to this school in Culver City and see if I can catch some of the exciting robot action.
2: (laughs) That sounds good. And, you know, Leanne's quite the sports mom. So I'm sure she's there with her baseball cap on, in the stands, cheering, you know, sort of checking out the competition. Yes. It will be
0: good. Yes, no doubt. And so later on in the show, we have – Sheila has her day in traffic court. Sheila, we can only uh, – I don't even want to speculate how that turned out for you. And you've got some holiday giving issues, of course. Julie, there's a royal visit report that you're going to share with us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And a totally awesome new product that will either change our lives or not. Uh, mm-hmm. We each get to be the judge on that. I wanted to start with a couple of the more serious stories in the news one particularly having to do with me and my business. Uh, Julie and Leon I uh, Julie uh, I know you and Leon on the Tuesday show talked about the hacking of the computers at Sony Pictures Entertainment right
2: Yes, correct and that one of the one of the leading theories was this was done by um, hackers in North Korea. Because they were upset about a Sony picture that's coming out, uh, James Franco, Seth Rogen picture called *The Interview*, which um, is a, which mocks um, the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong Un, and it, the plot of the movie is that these two uh, National Enquirer reporters are granted an interview. And then they are like uh, they are hired by the CIA to try to assassinate the leader. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in terms of North Korea, this is really blasphemy, that you would mock their leader and that you would have a major motion picture featuring uh, some assassination plot. Yes.
0: Okay, well, what's blasphemy where I work inside the entertainment business is that this hacking has meant that every day this week, emails have been full of... Highly, highly, highly confidential information about who makes what, whose movies uh, made more money than other people's movies, uh, all of the details about what people get paid to do what. This wow. Is, yes. Everything inside Sony Pictures is now getting dumped out onto the internet. They've called it sort of the WikiLeaks of uh, the Sony entertainment business, uh, including... Um, if you're just an average Sony employee, 47,000 current and former employees had their social security numbers hacked, uh, including celebrities like Sylvester Stallone. So I'm sure if you want to go look and find his social security number online now, um, you could, but everyone who works there, everyone who ever worked there. Um, so on the one hand, it's creating a lot of gossip in the business just because all of a sudden you're getting lists of everyone's salaries and that kind of blows the lid off a lot of the the sort of prestige and posturing that goes on. Uh, in Hollywood. But Wait,
2: wait, stop. I mean, is that, are you seeing people that you thought were made a lot more money who actually don't make that money? Or are you seeing people that you're surprised they make that much money?
0: All of the above, Julie. And when you say you, I I don't mean me because I don't really know anything about anything in this business. I am at the very fringes of the entertainment business. I wouldn't consider myself a Hollywood insider, but uh, Hollywood insiders have been shocked to see how people compare to each other and that people you thought had similar jobs could be making wildly different amounts of money or movies that you thought actually were very profitable not so much or movies even like the the Seth Rogen James Franco movie you were just talking about the interview even learning that they each made like six or seven or eight million dollars to make that movie isn't that crazy they did (laughs) Yes. Rogan, yes, Sheila. James Franco. Like, I don't know. I forget. I have the number here somewhere. I was like six million bucks he makes for the to make that movie. Oh. Now, what would entertaining Sheila say about that?
1: I, I just I find it's it's just so upsetting. I mean, I think any movie with James Franco is upsetting. <laughs> 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 and then add Seth Rogen. That's not my top tier list of Favorite actors. It is not at all. Yeah. But yes, when people, I mean, the fact that the salaries are being displayed all over the internet, Liz, that, that is incredible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then just day to day operations. If you work there, your email is down, your calendars are down. I know this sounds like, oh, who cares? A bunch of feed Hollywood entertainment executives. But this is a huge company that is a major production arm and, you know, obviously uh, distributing movies all over the world. Imagine if you just like you're completely cyber shut down right now. You're like just in your own life, how. How would you handle that? Anyway, it's really. That happens to you, Sheila, quite a bit.
1: Don't you? (laughs) Right. That that just means no Amazon.com. That is frustrating.
0: (laughs) Anyway, I think that there will be. No, but still, I'm not sure we will ever know who really did that. I mean, North Korea, as you noted on the Tuesday show, Julie, North Korea has denied they had any responsibility. Um, But they have called this a righteous deed. there are – what was the – the organization that claimed it was called, like, Guardians of Peace. It's a hacking yes. group towards called Guardians of Peace. They've taken responsibility. Oh, and here's the last thing that I think would be – if you want to, like, feel like a real person how this would affect you, the group emailed all the Sony staffers um, on Friday threatening harm to their family members, right? So this is not some – just some big entertainment mm. joke scary this is if you were an actual employee now your social security number is out there now there's some group out there that thinks you are the enemy they're personally emailing you to tell you that you are the enemy and your families are in danger too. I mean I hate to say this but it would make an awesome movie. Uh. But it is. Um... <laughs>
1: Liz, I can't believe you said that. Thinking like a true entertainment person. Uh,
2: well, but it is. Isn't... I mean, i had I had wondered whether when the this happened initially, whether it wasn't some publicity stunt because because of, because of the movie. Yeah. But now, obviously, it's taken a very. Like the country, a very sinister ter- uh, turn. Yeah. And I told you, sisters, it is the most sinister place on earth. So I, I have no doubt they're connected to it, and uh, we, sh- you just should not underestimate, you know, the power, you know, what propaganda is to them, and how much propaganda, you know, benefit they get from taking a major uh, company like Sony down. Yeah.
0: Well, even in my tiny little corner of the entertainment world, uh, we got emails on Friday from our company. I'm associated with the studio 20th Century Fox, which is another big, huge international studio, saying that, they're sort of hacking their way through Sony to get to other studios too. So if we started getting unusual emails from people, you know, like phishing emails, as they call it, asking for your passwords or sign in, or could you please redo this, redo that, um, just to be careful not to volunteer any information that we didn't know was totally legit. So it's, um, There's a part Mm -hmm. of this that seems like larger than life and kind of like an exotic, you know, script for a movie. And then there's part of it, which is very nuts and bolts affecting normal people, especially the, you know, tens of thousands of people that work, uh, at Sony studios. So that's really, really an interesting one to follow. And then another story I just wanted to bring up because it (laughs) seems like, you know, it's in the satellite sisters world. Um, is the story about the Rolling Stone reporting on what they called the culture of rape at the University of Virginia. And that UVA story made a huge impact uh, all over the country, but especially on the UVA campus when it was published in mid-November, where it described several particularly heinous acts, one of which was an alleged gang rape that a victim uh, had described to the Rolling Stone reporter and uh, was used prominently in the story to kind of capture the feeling that um, this was really like premeditated, organized rape, not just what people normally think of as rape. So this week, as you no doubt saw, at the end of the week, the editor of Rolling Stone came out And started to distance himself from the account of the woman that they called Jackie, from Jackie's account of... Um, what actually happened to her, allegedly, in the frat house um, at UVA. And then, of course, that immediately created this firestorm of reaction to that, you know, that um, Mm -hmm. on the the one hand, how how dare they have gotten this wrong in the first place? And bear in mind, they weren't saying they got it wrong. They were saying there are unreliable aspects of the account. And then on the other hand, I can't help but think of all of the reporting that's been done, all of the discussions we've done at Satellite Sisters about this sort of the myth of false rape claims. In mm-hmm. other words, there are a lot of people that like want to believe that women are frequently making false claims of rape. And this obviously reinforces that. So it is just a terrible, terrible situation. For everyone involved, I mean, Julie. I know you've been reading along on this one. It was. I saw. I saw a headline uh, of an
2: editorial in the Boston Globe. It was like it's a disaster for all, and I think that's right. It's a disaster for the victim. It's um, you know about it really it now questions whether she's telling the truth. You know, it's it's a disaster for the accused. I mean, that really vilified. All you know that fraternity and all, all the men that were in that fraternity. Um, apparently, the Rolling Stone article never. I did not read the Ro- Rolling Stone article, um, but that that they never um, uh, talked to any of the accused. But it, it is also a disaster, Liz, because it does reinforce this idea that women. You know, the myth that women make it up about rape. Right. And I think it's a disaster for journalism too, because I think the Rolling Stone has, uh, you know, has a reputation for doing some really good investigative journalism but when an article like this comes out and you're like you just can't believe what you read you know mm-hmm. you ha- you have to really question the you know the veracity of everything you read because uh there seems like things really fell down in the publication of this article too
0: yeah yeah, I mean, and part of the explanation that they've offered, or at least that I heard on Thursday and Friday, was, you know, obviously they did not name anyone in the story. So they felt like because they were generally describing the incident but not not accusing individuals of doing something, that they didn't they didn't do the kind of – I don't know whether you would even call it fact-checking or just follow-up. Right. The idea was not to take Jackie's story and then verify it in the way – You normally would if there was an accusation because they felt like it would be, in effect, re-traumatizing Jackie. It wasn't their job to, like, investigate the facts. Um, That's not the way they put it, but that's sort of the way I took it. But then, on the other hand, now, by having not checked the basic facts – it does, in effect, re traumatize Jackie and probably a lot of other rape victims who are accused of having made false claims. So you end up right where you were consciously trying not to be. Right. Um, and, and it just, and it is, since I think the original publication was November 18th in Rolling Stone, it has provoked a lot of discussion on the UVA campus mm-hmm. and on a lot of other campuses about about rape, which is, which is a good thing that these issues are getting addressed and you would hate to get that, hate to see that whole conversation get derailed because now people would say, well, see, it was all just trumped up anyway. Right. So I just like really, really a sad situation. You're right. Kind of a, kind of a disaster for all, um, And the I don't know what for the people that are on the campus and trying to deal with it, whether you're students or administration or just people in that community. It must be very difficult to try to, like, address an issue in general, but have all of these conflicting accounts of a specific situation. But then you're trying to rise above the specific situation. It's very challenging. And, of course, it's been well established medically that people's memories of traumatic incidents are always going to be somewhat unreliable. It's, it's the nature of a memory of a traumatic Mm -hmm. incident and Mm -hmm. the way your brain processes it. So it's not totally surprising that some of the, the claims or some of the facts in Jackie's story. Don't, don't square up with what could have been true, but that doesn't necessarily make her story false. Right. You know, right. What a, just, just, Really, really sad,
2: um, they, they had a comment in the New York Times today of a student that you know this has just really put such a cloud over the whole campus and um, and now that the st- you know when the f- story first came up and now that it 's blown up it 's made it even more difficult, uh, and the student is quoted as saying he just wants the semester to be over because. Everyone, you know, it is, it has impacted everyone. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think we'll get a lot more information about this as the, as the weeks play out, but it's a, uh, that's, that's certainly a really sad one. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, this so- is Sheila. I, I just have to remember next time I'm on the show with you two, I need to read the news. I- <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's okay, I-
3: Free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com/sisters and use code Sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus, get twenty dollars off your first order. Thanks, Butcher Box. No.
0: <laughs> you were I, I heard you were in court this week, so you were having your own trial of sorts. Uh, well,
1: a little bit, yes. I mean, I don't know if everybody knows. I, I shared this story of Thanksgiving. Uh, you guys were having your own, you know, Thanksgivings. Liz, you were traveling. But uh, basically, a few weeks ago, uh, about a month ago, I got a speeding ticket. And um, it I occurred— I recall.
0: Weren't you near the Urban Sweat Lodge?
1: It was at 6.30 in the morning, Julie. Yes. Uh, it was one of those rare, rare mornings where I didn't wake up comatose, and I decided I'm going to go exercise before job, for before work. So I drove to the Rose Bowl pool. I swam. I'm coming back on my street, Fair Oaks, and I was feeling good, Julie. I was Feel feeling happy. The
2: ha- deed goes on. <laughs> that's the truth.
1: And I was traveling 15 miles above the speed limit, Uh, Yes, I was. But there was no one around. There was no traffic. I didn't realize that a policeman would be uh, waiting um, outside the urban sweat lodge at (laughs) 630 in the morning trying to entrap uh, drivers.
2: Oh, so your position was (laughs) this was entrapment.
1: (laughs) Was that that what you argued in court this week, Sheila, entrapment? Uh Okay, let me, let me just tell you, my, my plan to go to traffic court was a little half baked because the thing is, you have to pay a speeding ticket before you do what's called a trial by declaration. You have to pay the $350 before you do it anyway. Yeah. So, um, and then I decided I didn't know anything about it, but I know friends who have gotten off and had their ticket, you've gotten, they've got their ticket reduced. By doing uh, traffic court, so I signed up for it and um, showed up at 8.30 in the morning when uh, my name was supposed to be on a list, Uh and and indeed it was with hundreds of other people, Uh um, which I didn't know, and I mean... (laughs)
2: Again, I'm sure that if you had gone to the website, there may have been some preliminary information. But that's okay, Sheila. It's okay. We're all innocent in the eyes of the law, right? I just uh, wanted to get your story heard. I understand. I, I, yeah,
1: I mean, I just wanted to get my story heard. But I looked, I looked inside the courtroom, and I saw hundreds of people who looked like they had been there for days. I mean, just, <laughs> I mean, it was. It was like the night of the living dead in there. And you know what? I said, well, I had to take a personal day just to show up for traffic court. And then I realized, you know what? I'm not going to waste my entire personal day (laughs) in traffic court. I'm not Aaron Brockovich. I can, I, I am not going to represent myself. (laughs) What, what was I thinking? Oh, so having taken the day off, you just decided to make better use of the day. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then I had to wait in another line just to clarify things and sign up for online traffic school, which I'd forgotten to do. But I just want to say all in all two things, two things I was very impressed with. I don't know if you two have been to court, been to a a local municipal court lately. No. But I would say the 90s are alive and well. (laughs) I mean, women are wearing what was worn on Ally McBeal. I mean, in the '90s, female female lawyers are wearing platform shoes, short skirts, and big hair. I mean, oh. it, it, it's incredible. Okay. So, what I were mean, you if,
2: wearing? What did you decide to wear to court, Sheila? Before you, before you decided not to, um, uh, to well, not I to was,
1: defend yourself, Aaron. I was not going to dress up i I mean, I literally had to show up at eight thirty in the morning uh-huh. so I was wearing um I was wearing loungewear with a with a nice overcoat, <laughs> and you know what? I had a lot more layers on than most of the people in that room. Most of the people in that room were wearing underwear i mean <laughs> Well, it's it's a,
2: it's a, do they handle different t- t- types of cases in that one court, Sheila?
1: Was no, speeding you tickets? And- you don't know. You
0: didn't even stay long enough to find out, did
1: you? I just took one look in that room and I said, I, I I'm not doing this. I need I I need a I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy this day. Uh-huh. I am so I, I I wanted to say impressed with the fashion, yeah. and also impressed with this, the speediness of the line, eventually I got helped by many people. In fact, a personal I got a personal attention which I love uh, from someone who just walked down the line and said, Who's prepaid for their tickets? I raised my hand. I said, I'm prepaid. Uh, she said, Come with me. Ooh, and you then got an I
2: upgrade Sheila. That sounds good.
1: <laughs> I was upgraded to Window C where <laughs> I was able to pay for my online traffic school. And in the midst of all of that, I, I did a customer satisfaction survey <laughs> and just said, I, I think today has been great. <laughs> <laughs> so they're surveying you in the midst of the
0: actual experience? Yeah,
1: yeah there was a big, <clears throat> excuse me, a big box with customer survey uh, envelopes and I filled one out. <clears throat> excuse me again.
2: Well, Sheila, that's great that you did your civic duty, and I'm sure the kind of feedback that you gave to the municipal court system
1: will help them to improve their processes, no doubt. Well, I was only going to make the point that when the police officer marked the box, medium traffic, that I believe he was mistaken, and that it was light traffic, if any traffic at all, at 6.30 in the morning um, by the Urban Sweat Lodge. Mm-hmm. uh on a thursday morning uh no one who gets up to sweat gets up before 12, 12 noon so <laughs> there were, I, I i wanted to so that, that- <laughs> so that was your defense
0: had that you been given an defense. opportunity to provide <laughs> no, it
2: it was not i know uh, you could have won that case sheila that is like that's that oh, you could have taken that to the supreme court sheila no
1: doubt Well, as it turned out, I had a lot to do that day because it it was a lot of taking care of business. My personal day, I was very busy on my personal day taking care of things. And one of the other things I needed to take care of, which was weighing over my head, was um, the fact that I had lost for the second time my mailbox key. Now, this may not seem like a big deal to you, uh, but it actually is. um, It can it can impede the federal mail process <laughs> <laughs> and um, I could have gone to jail for that. I mean, there were so many <laughs> there were, You're
0: breaking into your own mailbox.
1: I actually did try to do that, but I found out that was very wrong. So let me just quickly one, one time last year, I lost my mail key. That wow. was the time when I, I attempted to consolidate my keys and you know, I can't even open a jar of pickles anymore. Never mind, take a bunch of keys off a key ring. I don't know. Can you guys do that? What I think you, that's, so like, my, having... my fingers don't. I, I find it very hard to take keys off a ring. Okay. So in the last resort, I just took my mail key and put it on a totally different uh, uh, key holder. I lost that. My landlord lady, who's very nice, Marilyn, came over with Replacement. And as it turns out last week, when I went to bring my car in to get serviced, I think in the act of taking out my, my car key, my mail key dropped. Oh, and yeah, I
2: lost
1: yeah. it. Oh, because you have those very unnimble fingers and <laughs> yes. little
2: stubby fingers.
1: Little stubby fingers. So I searched practically for my mail key because I didn't have the heart to call Marilyn again for a replacement key. Yeah. But so I, what happened was I put in for a stop mail order. I pretended I was on vacation. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then. Just to buy I got yourself some time. Some, buy myself some time. Exactly, Liz. Then I got a postal note that I needed to come to the post office to pick up my mail. Uh-huh. So I wanted, I, at that point, I said, I'm going to admit what I did. I'm just <laughs> going to. Just going to tell them the whole story. Oh, they're really (laughs) going to care. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In mail court.
1: (laughs) So I I basically was in mail court with this one uh, mail carrier at the counter at my local mailbox, uh, my local post office. And she basically shamed me in public. She basically said, You have to get your mail key as soon as possible. All your mail will be returned. And she said, She asked for my name, my phone number. She asked me to write down a lot of personal information. <laughs> then she said, you have the nicest mail carrier in South Pasadena. You realize that? And I, I kind of looked at her. I said, I, I, okay, all right. And then she just continued to shame me. And she said, if you don't find your mail key, it's going to be very, very bad. So I... I sh- wow. Wow. I waited home. I was out taking my personal you day. You I... trouble with
0: people that I didn't even think it was possible. <laughs> I know. I was thinking the same thing, Julie. Like, I've never had this conversation with anyone in my life. <laughs> so I waited
1: till the mail came that afternoon, and I faced my mail carrier, and I said, I'm extremely sorry. I lost my mail key. And to add insult to injury, I called my landlady, and they're on vacation in Illinois, and they're not coming back. So she said, you are going to have to find a way to get a replacement mail key from the rental unit, from the rental company. So I, I called the rental company. They said they were coming out, but they never did. So w- the end of the story is this. I saw my mail carrier again yesterday and I had a small envelope with with a small amount of cash in it. <laughs> And God, that's got to be some kind of federal crime. I, I gave him like, an early Christmas present and I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I still don't have my mail key. The guy was supposed to come out. I said, I'm really, really sorry. And he, he was sorry. He was sorry. He, he, he was very, very nice. Uh-huh. But, but, uh, but the, the woman at at my post office really scared me. And she, she said, it's, it's my fault and I have to do this. And I want to say to the world, I'm trying, uh-huh. I'm trying. <laughs> so what's the status of your
0: actual mail? Like, are you getting your mail or... on a day-to-day
1: basis? My mail carrier is planning on meeting me in the late afternoon at my apartment. <laughs> oh, told him. I told him I can't be here all the time. I work. Yes. I'm only taking the personal day. This is it. <laughs> I said I I'm, I'm working on it that's all I, I told him it's going to be one day at a time until I until someone can come out and oh, oh, and do the lock wow. which will be this
2: is so stressful you're gonna which, lose your job over a mail man <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow and it's such a heavy mail time of year
1: it's a heavy mail time of year but you know what really all I get are flyers and bills and if bills. <laughs> <and, and, laughs> those bills those I mean, bills are racking up and then you know what it's it, it and i it will it will get done i mean I, I i don't know what else to say i mean i took an entire personal day to deal with this uh-huh. and uh and i'm running the law right now is what i <laughs> <laughs> i i'm one step above i'm one step you know away from from going to court for something and uh <laughs> It's just—it's been very stressful. It has. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Hmm.
2: Sheila, I'm so sorry. Really. And and there's nothing. I don't see how any of us can help, right? You've. No, there's there's nothing
1: you can do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I think the yeah, the, this is totally your responsibility, but can they even like leave your mail in a shopping bag for you? Can they or is he forced by law to put your mail in your locked mailbox?
1: No, no, they can hold your mail. Now what I did was legitimate. Uh-huh. I I I attempted to hold my mail for a month. And I've done that before just when I just didn't feel like getting bills. <laughs> <laughs> and it's within your right. In fact, you can have your mail forwarded to another address
2: <laughs> if you feel
1: like it. Well, there's the answer. Just send your mail to Liz. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't want to bother Leanne, but I was within my right to do that. It's just that the woman at the post office t- tried to deny me that uh-huh. that right. That that well courtesy. because she
0: could see it might have been within the letter of the law for you to be able to do that, but you were sort of violating the very spirit of mail delivery.
1: You know what, Liz? I I I apologized. I gave him a small amount of cash, <laughs> and I'm trying. I'm trying to you know move forward with this. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the thing is, mail keys. I mean, once you lose them. They're gone. I mean, they're so little. There's, there's. I mean, I combed my apartment, mm-hmm. and I retraced my steps. Uh, but th- it must is,
2: happen to other people too, Sheila. It's, I, I mean, know because that. they are little keys.
1: I agree. You know, it it, it seems like it could happen. But and, when is your landlord coming back? <laughs> well, they're in Illinois and they're retired, so I don't know. Marilyn, see, her attitude was, "You're on your own," and. Uh, and so the rental agency will charge me $40. Oh, gosh. I know. I know. It's been an expensive um, <laughs> Christmas for, already with the these, mail
0: service. Just for <laughs> these
1: petty violations.
0: Just things
1: you wouldn't think would be expensive. Petty. So petty, Liz. So- I had to pay $12 for the court parking the other day on top of everything else. <laughs> it was an extremely expensive <laughs> Day in court, <laughs> and I never had my day in court, as it yeah, turned out. As it turns out, well, well, Sheila, you have to keep us posted because we're all I worried will. about you. You know, we really are. And well, uh, if you sent your Christmas card already. It might be returned to you, okay. Julie. I hear, I hear you, Sheila. I hear you. Okay,
2: that's all right. All right. Will you let us know when you I get will. To keep posted? It seems like there's a solution, so. Uh, We'll keep you posted on that. Well, maybe Sheila, just to take your mind off your worries, you can think uh, this is a big week. There's some exciting things happening. Kate and Will are arriving in the United States. That's right. Uh, Oh, is that true? I didn't know that. Yes, they arrived today, Lee, and it's uh, Liz and Lee uh, Sheila. It's a big (laughs) whoever we are, whoever you are on the other side there, sisters (laughs) Ferris. Yes, they arrived today, Liz, and this is really it's a big deal. Do you realize it's their they're going to be visiting New York and Washington D.C. And do you realize for both? Will and Kate or will cat, you may call them that if you mm. if you prefer this is their first trip to new york and d c they 've never been there before doesn't right. that seem like i am surprised yeah yes well that uh, that's uh, I read that according to people magazine that is that's uh, allegedly true uh, uh that they this is their first trip uh to to d c and New York so you know what here's the problem for the Royals is that they have to Really do something with, uh, with Prince William. You know, like he's gotta have some kind of important thing to do because all of the attention, of course, is going to be on Kate and what does Kate look like and does her baby bump show and what is she wearing and is she going to bring little George or not? So the good news is um Prince William does ha- get to meet uh President Obama. So that is... uh
1: Well, I, I would think so. Isn't that a sort of a given? <laughs> I mean... Well, no, not necessarily because he's, you know, he really...
2: He's not actually
0: a king or anything. He's
2: not a king. He's just a prince, okay? I
1: mean, he is Prince William. Still pretty good. Still pretty good.
2: So he is meeting with President Obama on an issue that is near and dear to his heart, which is um, illegal uh, wildlife trading. So that he is attending some meeting with President Obama because they're really trying to make it look like Prince William has something to do and that he's a very serious guy and that he has these causes and these issues that are very important to him and um, and so he's going to meet with President Obama. Kate is not going to that meeting, so uh-huh. uh, so um, you know
0: it must be so hard. I mean, how old are they? Like thirty? Are they? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, like if you normally, if you were 30, like a husband and wife going to New York on vacation for the first time, you would really be able to have fun. That, would be, oh, that yes. would be a good time. And you've never been to New York city before. That would be a good time. You could sort of bust out and explore New York a little bit and, they don't really get to have fun in the places that they go. You know, everything is so formal and scripted. These are the kinds of moments where I actually do feel sorry for them. Because, yeah. you know, what are they going to do in the... I, I'll be curious to see what they actually do in New York. <laughs> but, but let's just say it wouldn't be what we would do in New York if no, we were no. 30 years old and visiting New York City.
2: No, she, uh, Kate is going to visit a child care center and they are going to attend a fundraiser for their university. It's like an alumni f- a fundraiser in New York City. So that's like a gala event for them. But yeah, you're right. It's not... I don't think they're really going to have fun. Liz. Yeah. No. yeah. No. They're not but,
0: like wandering around in Greenwich Village, popping into places. You know, that there won't be any of that. I there mean, will I be guess.
2: no stepping out. In fact, that the security is going to be very tight. You know, and they've got an entourage. And so, I, I mean, there's, you know, nowhere that... She, I mean, I think Will might... If he just put a hat on, he could probably go out and about but there's no place that she could go um so uh but anyway it will be fun to watch they're here for three days uh so it's not really a long trip um but they'll be here so
1: that's uh, you sound like you will be hosting them julie i mean you you feel that they will be here and you're you're excited (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs)
2: <laughs> yes, that's right, Sheila. I as part of the royal entourage. No, now you know how I feel. Royal. I know you do. I know. In fact, this week in the British uh, papers, they had they had two cases where two upper class um, uh, legislators acted very badly in public and that they you know they have sort of a class issue over there in London Liz Liz, Leon, yeah, yeah. Uh, Liz you know what I'm talking about that mm-hmm. but now that they have said that really you know that it is um it is almost the kiss of death to be perceived as being part of the upper class that if you are really upper class like uh, Prince William you're you are so upper class that you like to appear middle class. That uh. that is that is the new. Are you following this? I yes. know it's Difficult yes. to follow because <laughs> we have the Kardashians <laughs> in this country who have no class. But sure. in Britain, where they do have this whole class thing about where you went to school and it you know affects your whole life, blah blah blah. You know that now uh, because Britain is much more of a glo- you know global country, London is a global city, that they that they want, you know, that they want to appear a little more egalitarian. So if you're upper class, you want to appear like you're not. And if you're trying to be upper class, that actually is a low class move.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. so have that got that all straight? Okay. I got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So you know, I'm thinking what would really be fun for them that I mean our whole next gen is their age group, right? So Sheila, what? your daughter Ruthie. Right. Lives in Brooklyn. She's this age. Julie, your son, Will, right. uh, is this age. Lives in Brooklyn. Uh, our niece, Catherine Dolan, who's been on Satellite Sisters before, is this age. Lives in Brooklyn. Her sister, Megan, who's been on the show, lives on Long Island. I mean, that's a good little core group of people that Will and Cade could visit to get, like, what New York is really like at this age. You know? Like a little a little party for just the Satellite Sisters, Next Gen, and the Royals now they get to sort of let down their hair a
2: little bit. Liz, that is fun to imagine. (laughs)
3: Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting... See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. So I'm
0: imagining your daughter, Sheila, like what, she, what do you think Ruthie would want to – she was born and raised in New York City. So what would Ruthie want to show Will and Kate? you know, Pro- probably like
1: Spring Street pizza. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like some local down home place mm-hmm. that is is truly New York. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, let's just hope they get a little a little taste of that. OK, well, we'll be watching for that.
2: 2015. Sheila, I know uh, you, you probably don't even have a calendar, but, you know, it's right around the corner there. And uh, they have picked the color of the year for two thousand. all right julie are you excited about this sheila yes this, this year's color is marsala that's the name of the color which is a sort of a wine a red brown
1: color oh. oh yes yes i've heard about this oh. yes
2: so everything is going to be wine colored liz i mean and it's supposed to evoke that sort of ov- organic sophisticated look it's sort of it's it, it's an extension of the farm to table philosophy uh, really you know, the, yes it is liz uh-huh. it's supposed to uh, the vintage spirit that that's what's coming through and so really? you're going to see this wine color on handbags on ties on jeans lipstick wine wine color, stained lips what do uh-huh. you think uh-huh no uh, yeah no i'm i like in the lipstick realm, I've
0: always, like, I like that wine-colored lipstick. I'm just fascinated that the color of the year gets decided in advance by some group of people that we don't know. As opposed to saying, (laughs) okay, here we are at the end of 2014, what was the color of the year? Like, looking around, what did we think was the breakout color this year? This, instead, is the opposite of that. If somebody decides and we all just get issued our... Marsala colored whatever's,
2: but yes. (laughs) Yeah. Having
0: said that, I would say I was shopping last month in a desperate situation where I had (laughs) less than half an hour to buy an item to wear to a work function. Isn't
2: this the way how you shop most of the time? Yes.
0: Yes, it is. And we all know the pressure that that is. Yeah. And I'm happy to report what I ended up buying was a, a, like a cashmere sweater and shawl that I have to say, well, I would call the color Marsala, Julie. Okay. Without I... having even known that was an actual color in the wheel, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I am covered for 2015. I have my Marsala, like it's a, it's sort of a set. So I have a Marsala mm. set. I'm, you know, I don't know when you guys will ever see it, but I'll send you a photo. You oh, can, good, good. You can establish and Sheila, whether how about it's you?
1: Sheila. Well, that, that is not a great color on me. Uh, but... <laughs> You know the thing is, wine-colored lips. I find uh, just look make you look older. Uh, that that. Uh, so <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> no. So what about no. you?
2: Get Marsala mascara too. They have you can do this uh, to your uh,
1: mascara. Is well, gonna- I you know I love makeup. So uh, <laughs> except for makeup that makes me look older, right? <laughs> Anything that so I would be willing to try the mascara, Julie, and I like the idea of a wine-colored handbag. I Uh like that idea.
2: Uh huh. I can see you in wine-colored jeans, Sheila. What do Mm. you think?
1: And then if it's really farm-to-table, just take the grapes and just smear them on your lips, Julie. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay, Sheila. That is not the spirit of this. (laughs) The The spirit spirit of
0: this is to sell you something, Sheila. Right,
2: exactly. (laughs) These are serious designers who thought long and hard about what the color uh, should be, and this is what they've come up with. So... Just form your opinions about what you're gonna do about Marsala, but it's coming your way. I see it everywhere.
0: I like it. I I was afraid that it was going to be something in the neon family because you see that creeping into a lot of things now. Like neon is back, yeah. And so I was worried about that. So I'm down with Marsala as opposed to say electric lime, which I'm. um, That's I'm not signing up for that.
2: Okay. Well, here's something I want your opinion about. I read about this. I. I can't decide whether I think this is a good idea or a bad idea, but it's coming our way. What do women want? That's a basic question. Well, (laughs) let me tell you what women want. They want tights that don't rip. I mean, right? Don't you want pantyhose and tights that don't run and don't rip? And you know why pantyhose run and rip? It's because you have dry skin, okay? And it creates friction and it creates, it makes holes.
1: Is that is that the real reason? Really? Yes. Oh, Oh, I didn't know that.
2: Yes. Well, that's what Ellen Tracy says because she (laughs) has now developed tights that come with moisturizer. Okay, let me explain. Okay, I love that idea already. You too. I'm in. Okay, Okay, now you can
0: explain, but I'm in.
2: So... Embedded in the tight, Liz and Sheila, are microcapsules of ingredients like ginkgo, biloba, vitamin E, no. sea kelp, which I'm sure is a cousin of kale, right? Yes. <laughs> and these little, so they're these microcapsules. So as you sit down, you put these tights on, and then as you sit down in them, they will be, they will release these tiny capsules and you'll get this silky feeling is what they say, um, uh, that will keep, keep your tights and your legs smooth. And they think that it's invisible. You won't, it's not like it's going to be cream oozing out of you. <laughs> okay, well, that's good because that would, that would, that would not, not be ideal. No. And they think it's going to last about 10 to 15 washes so that this is going to be, a, 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 you know, that this, you know, this. So your tights are going to last longer because you're moisturizing. You're getting that silky feeling all the time um, as you're sitting down and then standing up and then sitting down. Um, they can they, they do envision being able to put a fragrance in, uh, in these. Okay. no, no, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was totally with you
2: until that, until that moment. Okay. Well, they don't have, right now they're not going to, it's just going to have the ginkgo biloba, the vitamin E and the sea kelp is going to be in the tights. Sheila. You're um, all quiet there. What do you think? Well,
1: price point. So what's the price point on these? I, I,
2: they don't – That have they, I don't. I didn't see it. They a price. sound
1: very expensive for, for me. Yeah, you're um, right. You're right. Um, and but if the they
2: lasted longer, Sheila, if your tights lasted longer.
1: The way because... I look at tights, I am fully – they're just disposable to me. I mean, I wear them. They run. That's it. I mean, how often do I wear tights in Southern California? The other thing is, Julie, I just feel like I don't want my – I feel like I don't want to feel like I something's wet down (laughs) down there. This is it, (laughs) Sheila. I know. I mean, come on, we're women. We have we are struggling just to stay dry, and 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 like this is this this goes against everything we're trying to do, right, Julie? This this is
2: why I'm torn about this idea. Well, I like the I do wear tights. (laughs) Do like the idea of some silky feeling? But moist. I know, Julie, I, I hear you.
0: Wait a minute. This seems like an easy enough problem to solve. The reason I responded so positively (laughs) is because whenever I take off a pair of tights or pantyhose, I just feel like every ounce of moisture has been sucked out of my skin. I feel like the whole time it's been on my legs, that nylon has been drawing everything out of my skin. And my skin is just a flaky mess once I take them off. So if that wasn't happening, if the the tights were like, actually, I don't even need them to add moisture as much as I don't want them to subtract moisture so i guess you know but if this whole thing is happening from mid-thigh down that's
2: where you want it to be happening right well i mean but they see they think it's possible that this could be infused in all kinds of shapewear okay so we're not just talking about mid-thigh down you know that because people use tights um, they use it for control, right? Okay, so well, let's just say we
0: should apply the moisture where we need the moisture
1: and avoid
0: the moisture where we already have plenty. Yeah, this is... This
1: is... Well, I'm, I'm sure Ellen Tracy has thought of that. I mean, if there even is an Ellen Tracy, I mean, she must be in her mid-50s by now. <laughs> she understands. You can see
2: the marketing dilemma, Liz, Yeah. With yeah. With the moistness. It's but it has both a pro and a con associated yeah. with it.
0: I just don't want the it's not that I need moisture. Well, I just don't want to subtract the what I do have. So but I understand that there are there are zones, right? There are there are zones on your body where enhanced moisture would be good. And there are other zones where that is not at all true. Mm-hmm. So we just have to like master the moisture zones is what I would I would say.
1: Does does do they come in marsala?
2: <laughs> Sheila, I'm going to be I'm going to watch for these. I'm going to be on right. out for a pair of Ellen Trace Tr- Tracy moisturizing tights. I am I'm, I'm game to try these.
1: Okay.
0: All right, sister. All right. Well, we're going to have to wrap this up uh Oh. But Sheila, yes,
1: Sheila yeah, have yeah Sheila, you had Well, you know, I feel like this has been a very negative report for me. I feel like I'm falling apart here, but the other day I,
0: I, um. So are you going to give us a positive story or is this another negative report?
1: It is a positive story that comes out of a negative situation. Okay. So everybody probably knows by now that my, I have bad feet and you know, I have a bunion situation. I, I have, uh, lots of, uh, foot pain. I've had plantar fasciitis, I've had all sorts of things. Long story short, um, I was wearing special shoes for many years after my b- bunion surgery. And then suddenly last summer, I felt like my feet were great, like they were normal. So I started wearing flats again, all right? Uh-huh. Okay. Now, that has that turned out to be a big mistake because I basically had a relapse of a lot of uh, foot issues <laughs> this year. And to make a long story short... All right, when I'm in my apartment, I do not wear shoes. Mm -hmm. I've also shared that with you before. I wear slippers. And in all my research on my foot foot situation, my feet situation, (laughs) um, it is very clear that people with foot issues have to put something on their feet. They can't just walk barefoot. It's very bad for you. I don't know if you knew that. I
0: did not know that.
1: And then people with foot issues know what I'm talking about. So... I always buy flip-flops for the home or little slippers. And you know, I keep running through them, just hundreds of them all the time. I mean, just like they just, I just. Hundreds? Where, where do they go? What do you I, ba- I batter them. I just, they, they don't, they don't have any support. I, my heels just bear down on them. I, I don't know. I, I know you find this hard to believe because I do a lot of takeout, but I stand and do dishes a lot at my home. <laughs> And, and I, just, I said, this is when your flip-flops just, blow out? This is when my flip-flops blow out, Liz. And this year, I crossed over. I crossed over to a world of therapeutic shoes that I just want to mention. There may be some some people out there that have already been to the world of SAS special shoes. That's right, the San Antonio Shoemakers. And their motto is, keep moving, handcrafted comfort shoes. And I think you've seen them. Um, You look at people with these shoes on. The average age of a person who wears SAS is 75. Okay. And you've seen them in the supermarket. Uh You know what they look like. They're Uh big. They have giant soles. Uh And they're very unattractive. Right? Okay. Okay. Well, I did a lot of searching. I wandered into SAS this year and bought my first pair of comfort loafers. Now, the loafers I have, you, it's it's like a you. It's it, they do not look therapeutic. Okay. I can get away with wearing them. No one has mentioned. Oh. Are those comfort shoes? I mean, no one looks down at my feet and says, <laughs> even in I, traffic court, no, but Mitch. Well, in traffic court, that I can't compete with four-inch platform <laughs> high heels. But anyway, so my slipper situation was really bad. This week, I made a little extra cash. I decided to go to, back to SAS and get some slippers. And I, I was ready to buy. And, um... I walked in. I said, do you have slippers? They said, we don't have bedroom slippers, but we have these. And these, by these, I mean you've seen them. I want to say two things that <laughs> describe the slippers at SAS. Open-toed Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> nice. With the two big straps. You know what I'm talking about, right? Well, like those
2: hospitals, <laughs> when you break your ankle that yes. they put on you yes. in a hospital. Yes. That's what I'm yes. thinking.
1: Okay. But these are handcrafted oh. shoes, Julie, from San Antonio, your home state. And they they feature the multi layered tripad insole, which <laughs> it just offers superior comfort and support with your arches. And you pay a little more, but it's worth it. So I sat down, I tried on the seven size seven. Um, it's actually a faux red crocodile. <laughs> it's a faux red. Nice crocodile. for the holiday.
2: Holidays.
1: It's, oh. it's a holiday color. Sorry. I slipped them on. The woman helping me, her, she was about 75, 80, very nice. I slipped them on and the, my first words out of my mouth were, Oh, these feel so good. <laughs> and she looked at me, she said, Oh, these are for you? <laughs> I said, yes, they're for me. She's, and then she, she looked at me. She said, okay. All right. Well, you're, you're in SAS world now. She said, these are the most comfortable slippers. She said, and she said, you know what? You can do a lot of standing with these. <laughs> I said, yes, you can stand with these slippers. This sounds great. I was like, I do a lot of dishes. She said, oh, I do a lot of dishes too. The slippers are so great. Sounds like you found some new friends, Sheila. We bonded bonded instantly, Julie. Um, So she told me how to clean them. She told me how to clean the beautiful suede molded in, you know, uh, sole that you just slip in. She told me to not touch the faux crocodile, that that could chip off <laughs> <laughs> if I tried to clean okay. it too vigorously. So you're but, not so
2: you shouldn't take those wear those to clubs and stuff like that. When <laughs> like she
1: says sometimes she wears the slippers out. Oh, because okay. it's so comfortable. But I believe they should stay indoors. (laughs) (laughs) But I had the feeling when after I bought my slippers, I couldn't wait to get home and get in my slippers. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) and pretty much that's what I've been doing for 48 hours. Just walking around. Just
0: slipping around. Standing in your slippers.
1: Standing and sitting and doing the dishes and waiting for my mail truck. (laughs) And, um, so you can go online too. check out the world of SAS. <laughs> you might see some styles that you wouldn't mind getting away with at home. And right. Julie, I mean, I know Leanne, ha- I'm going to turn Leanne on to this store because she also is, uh, has difficult feet.
2: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep her so- okay, Sheila.
1: I can. I still- know you have good feet.
0: Yeah. Well, sounds like now all you need to hope for is that in 2015, they'll have them in Marsala and then you're totally good to go.
1: Fashion fashion forward. <laughs> fashion forward feet at home. Leave
0: you could leave a little pair under your desk in your third grade classroom, right? You <laughs> couldn't you couldn't you slip around? It sounds very exciting, Sheila. You I can tell from your voice that this is a this is a life changer for me. Oh, you.
1: I love it. I love it. I'm walking around right now. I'm standing. I'm standing in my slippers, and I feel comfort.
0: <laughs> All right. So well, on I that note. On a happy note. <laughs> yes. On that note, we will... Uh, we will have to wrap it up for this week. I want to remind everyone you know that the if you listen to audiobooks and you haven't tried Audible, they're a great supporter of our show, and you should check that out. If you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters, uh, you can download a free audiobook and uh, have a, uh, a free trial of the service. It's really fantastic. I think with the holidays coming up, all of the traveling coming up, it's a great time to listen to things. On audio. So check that out. It's audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. And other than that, you know, our blog is SatelliteSisters.com. You can join us on Facebook. Our page is Satellite Sisters, and we also have a Facebook open group that you can join so you can post to. So uh, check us out. Be part of the conversation. Hey, you guys, have a good week. You You too, too. No more
2: flash flus. No
0: flash flu for me. All right. That's it for us this week. Don't forget. Call your Satellite Sister.